to The Local Way, the podcast series brought to you by The Alternative. I'm your host, Laura Picardi, and I am beyond excited to take you on a journey with me as we dive into the world of the amazing women in the industry this International Women's Day. And let me tell you, we don't just celebrate the ladies in our industry once a year, we do it every day. And that's why this series will run for five weeks, because we couldn't possibly fit all the magic into one episode. In fact, we probably could release a podcast every day just to capture all the incredible things that everyone is doing. So before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out to the Alternative Dairy Co. range of plant-based barista milks for making this episode possible. The local way is the alternative way. From roasters to baristas, we're going to get up close and personal with the inspiring ladies who are breaking barriers, creating change and revolutionizing in their own individual ways. So if you haven't already, grab your favorite brew of choice, sit back and let's get ready to meet our first guests. So I am very happy to introduce our guest today. We have Natalie Daniels, who is the regional team leader at The Alternative, and the lovely Emma Markland-Webster, who is boss at Coffee and Things and Monster Trucks Coffee and heads up NZ Barista Champs. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Look, we just, we kind of want to make this all about you. I don't think there's anything better than hearing from inspiring ladies to really get the blood flowing and really get the motivation pumping. So without further ado, let's find out why you're so inspiring. So I'd first just like to know a little bit about your professional journey uh, and what has brought you to where you are today. So we'll start with you if we can. Natalie? Um, My professional journey to where I am today, I guess if we're thinking about coffee industry, cafe industry specifically, it kind of found me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that I chose. Originally, I think through a very um, interesting set of circumstances, um, and there's a big story behind it. In 2003, I found myself um, starting up a coffee roaster distribution business when I arrived in Australia with my um, ex-partner. It was a very interesting set of circumstances that led us there. It had to do with a broken coffee machine. Oh, So we started a little business called Absolute Espresso Services and were acting as a distributor on the Gold Coast for then called the Bellarome Coffee Roasting Company. That was in 2003. Mm. My role was all, all the behind the scenes back end stuff. I wasn't the face of the business. My, my business yeah. partner was. As all good women. Yep. Make, making <laughs> everything happen and making yep. them look good. Um, so did that for nine years acting as distributors and you know building the business in the Gold Coast and Northern Rivers promoting the brand and then through a change in personal circumstances <laughs> we ended up selling the business and the the exit strategy was always back to the roaster we sold the business to Bellaroma and they kept me on as oh, um, right. as a territory manager which was interesting because I had never done any kind of sales before Mm. It's pretty daunting. I went from back end running the business to you're now the face of the brand on the Gold Coast, go and sell some coffee. (laughs) So yeah, that was interesting, a real learning curve for me. Pretty daunting initially, but I got a very thick skin very quickly after that. 
And what do you think it was that gave you that drive to be able to enter the complete unknown and clearly nail it? Necessity. There you go. Survival. <laughs> <laughs> Children to feed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so that that is that is what did it for me. It, look, it was a real challenge. I, I totally changed what I was doing in the business, but I did learn very quickly. Mm. I think that you know, when you're thrown into a situation, you have two choices, sink or swim. So I yep. swam as fast as I could. Yeah. At this point, um, Bellaroma transitioned into Seven Miles Coffee Roasters. So I stayed with them for seven years, did my sales gig, and then eventually I was able to um, work my way up to the state manager of Queensland. Right. And then one day I felt tired. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> This opportunity came up with um, Alternative Dairy Co. starting their brand. And I looked at that as an opportunity to get on board at real entry level with the brand when nobody knew them, mm. but also be able to still stay in the industry of cafe, which I love, and still have access to coffee, which I love. Yeah. And um, yeah, I applied for the role and they built a little team. And that's just over three years ago. And that's where I've been ever since. Great. I was going to ask how long ago. Excellent. Thank you. Well, I'm going to ask you more about that in a moment. But let's let's go over to Emma. Emma, can you share with us a little bit about your journey, please? Oh, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I've always kind of been in hospitality. And I guess my journey in coffee started 25 plus years ago when I got a job in a deli in Wellington Mm. and the Dixon Street Deli making coffee there and that's where I found my first espresso machine and fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. It was it was a mean machine it did shock me a few times (laughs) I did you know electrocute myself I think a couple of times on it. (laughs) No pain no gain right? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah it's not ideal putting your hands in wiring you know wet situation (laughs) apparently so yeah and yeah my mother my father always taught me just to whatever you do in life do it well Mm. and yeah that just drove me into this thing that was coffee Mm. and over the years moved to the south islands and started um, working in a cafe here and i think my first kind of competition or when i started to take it seriously was the first new zealand barista championship Mm. came up way back in the day it's not anywhere near what it was what it is today and it's a very interesting competition and i thought give it a go i'm teaching people how to make coffee why not <laughs> and i won that was well in done. 2001 and i competed in oslo in the world barista championship in 2002 but um, i did manage to make a fifth place in the world and from there on in i've just been driven to the craft that is coffee and all aspects of it and yeah so setting up the new zealand specialty coffee association with others here back in 2005 and what is it about coffee and the industry that that you love that just keeps you driving forward i think it's i think it's the fruits and looms it's the cats it's there's so many different aspects of it Mm. and there's no right or wrong and there's so many interesting characters and it's 
I guess it's you could say the same with anything. It's about taste, but it's always evolving, always changing. Mm. And I think that's it never stays static. You never remain blinkered to it. As soon yeah. as you remain start to become blinkered, that's it. You're you you're gone. So mm. it is always to me the fundamentals are the same, but it's 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 constantly evolving, it's constantly changing and that's to the consumer, that's to the customer, that's to mm. that brown stuff you pop in your gob, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much of it around as well, isn't there? And yeah. and actually, that that brings me on to my next question about the the plant based milks, um, because, well, you tell us, Natalie, when you started, I'm sure it wasn't as mainstream. I know when I started with plant based milks in my coffee, it was not always easy to get that. So, how have you seen that change over the the last few years, and and where do you think it's going? There has been a lot of change. I, I recall when I started um, with the alternative, soy and almond were probably the predominant plant-based milks that you'd see in cafes, um, mm -hmm. obviously heaps of dairy. And we released our oat milk as probably one of the first in Australia um, back mm. in 2019. And we joined the team in November 19, and we did our very first blitz handing out samples in, in December 19. And I remember going to cafes and going, hey, like guys, oat milk is here. And they'd go, mm -hmm. we don't want another milk. <laughs> uh, and I'd say, yeah, but six months from now, you're going to want this milk because it's all happening, you know, internationally. The international mm. markets have, have um, you know, started using oat milk. And I think at the time from the data we collected in Brisbane, only 8% of cafes had oat milk in, yeah, in wow. December 19. And now it would be very unusual to find a cafe in Brisbane that doesn't have oat milk. It would be very unusual. Mm. And what I'm hearing from cafe owners and baristas is that in some instances, some cafes are doing 50% or more of their um, milk coffee sales are on plant-based now. Um, that's just here in Australia. I'm not too sure what the statistics are in New Zealand. So yeah, it's definitely a growing category. Dairy drinkers have been switching to plant-based milks, probably particularly oat because it's mm -hmm. sort of more like a gateway plant-based milk for people. It's just going to keep growing. Mm. Yeah. And what about you? Do you have a personal preference of a, um, an alternative? Me, oh, I love our oat milk and I love our almond milk. So it's always okay. It's, it's not my number one pick, but I sort of bounce between the oat and the almond as long as it's the alternative dairy coat. <laughs> otherwise get out of town, get out of town. <laughs> or go long black <laughs> don't exactly. have any um, and Emma how about you so have you seen obviously in the circles that you move in but also in the competitions and everything have you seen this shift with the plant-based milk as well yeah I mean back in the day it was it was only soy milk when I first really started making coffees and it was just one or two and you maybe mm. use only one or two containers a week no, you struggle mm. to go through it. But these days, I think most cafes here are offering up to four or five different alternate milks mm. as such and plant-based milks. And I personally drink my coffee black, and that's no offence to the plant-based milks. But, um, with <laughs> or dairy. <laughs> but we are seeing an evolution and it really coming through. And I'm not sure what the stats are in New Zealand, but I think it was predicted in a, in a couple of years that it would be over 50% in the cafe sector would be mm. a plant-based milk as such. 
being the preferred beverage. And I have a lot to do with the World Barista Championships and the World Coffee events, the competitions around the world. And we've just moved this year to, historically, it's always been espresso, a milk beverage, which has always only ever been cow's milk. Mm-hmm. and a signature beverage and we've moved to plant-based milks being acceptable and that's quite a massive mm. change and I think um, we are to my knowledge New Zealand is the first championship in the world that's going to be running with these rules oh great um, so it hasn't a competition hasn't run yet with it so this not is not a national competition it dropped, it dropped in December and I don't yep. I, I'm I'm part of some of that those committees that um, mm. drive those changes, and we put together some workshops and education because people need to know how to compete with it as well and mm. what the rules are. And so, it's just about that evolution coming in. And yeah, Athens in June will be the first World Barista Championship that um, alternate or plant-based right. milks are allowed. At, and yeah. Excellent. I'll keep my eye out for that one. And actually, I'm curious, Emma, since you are a champ, mm. what's your signature coffee, your winning coffee that you like to make? Anything that's tasty and delicious. It changes from day to day. So how about, I'll stick with you, Emma. If you could have a coffee with anyone from history, who would it be and why? Probably because I love Florence in Italy so much. It would be kind of maybe the Da Vinci's. And, ah, yeah. that would be interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Do you find, by the way, I'm married to an Italian, do you find a big difference between all the different countries in the way that they process and therefore the taste that you get with oh, the coffees? Huge. Yeah. All of that is, there's a lot of sensory science about that, um, but a lot of it is what you used to, what you used to drinking so mm. you could say the best coffee in the world is in america mm-hmm. and you get no but there's some amazing coffees there but every culture has a different taste palette so mm. you know your scandinavian countries compared to your european yeah it's 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 interesting yeah and i guess it comes back to what you were saying before about how it's ever changing and i suppose you just hop on a plane and you can get that anytime you like right yeah but it is it's it's really interesting when you talk about personal taste in different countries when we calibrated a world championship that's that's another step again because we all have to calibrate to a similar same level when we've all got different experiences and yeah yeah interesting and i imagine there's a lot of strong opinions <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of cats to herd yeah yeah right <laughs> there's a lot of cats i'll just keep it you know there's a lot of cats to herd yeah, yeah yeah we'll we'll keep it at that look i'll come over to you natalie tell me who would you uh, in history if you could have a cup of coffee with anyone who would it be i gave that some thought Mm. And Joan of Arc. Oh. Well, she was a really, really young girl who, you know, has come down in history and became a saint because she got on mm. a horse and she rode to war with a group of men. And she was she was gone by the time she was 19 because they burnt her at the stake for being a heretic. But, yeah, um, right. goodness, how much courage would that have taken? Yeah. Like the most incredible amount of courage from such a young girl to to actually get up and and do something like that and go to war with with the men, she's personifies girl power to mm, me. Absolutely, yeah. oh that's excellent. That's great actually. One of the original 
girl power pioneers. I like that. So look, Natalie, we'll stick with you. Have you have you seen any positive change? I mean, you've been in the industry for, for a long time. Have you seen any positive change within the industry that has made it more attractive for women to enter the industry? I have seen more women entering the industry. I'm not too sure what has caused that. Maybe it's just females are now saying that we can also do this. There, mm-hmm. um, there are girls that are roasting now, and that was pretty much unheard of. It's always mm. the guys that were doing the roasting. Um, there's girls that are starting up their own little roastery businesses and getting out there with their brands. You've got women CEOs of, of coffee roasting companies now in Australia, you know, leading from the front with compassion and kindness, mm. changing cultures. So, yeah, I think definitely I'm still seeing a lot of males um, in cafe mm-hmm. spaces, usually around baristas. I feel there's a lot of baristas that are that are men. I think even in competitions, I feel it's still a little bit dominated by males when you go to latte ad contests. But the girls are coming up and they're coming up strong. So do you think, as you mentioned there, you know, compassion and changing cultures, do you think the more that the current females can do that and change the culture, the more females they'll start to bring in? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The, I think that entering the industry, if you're in coffee, I think, you know, you fall into it or you choose it, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you know, however you landed up there. Sometimes, and I, I don't want to be politically incorrect, I think females generally lead with a more compassionate side to them, mm-hmm. a kinder side to them, a softer side to them. Um, but they still have to be probably resilient and tough to be in an industry that is traditionally dominated by boys. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping there's more females, definitely. Mm. Interesting. How, how about you, Emma? What have you noticed? With the competitions, like I think a few years ago, there was a lot of talk about, oh, it's dominated by males. There's never been a world female barista champion. I think there's been two now. And the last two latte art champions in the world were females as well. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I, I don't see it. I just see a lot of strong women. We did a feature on female roasters. Mm. And we discovered that just scratching the surface, we featured 37 female coffee roasters mm. in New Zealand. Great. So it is it is dominant. It is like they're coming through. And yeah, to me, I don't see male or female or anywhere in between. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I see a lot of strong females. And our president is a female of the New Zealand Specialty Coffee Association. A lot of the board are, so... And, of course, you lovely ladies. Let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> We're the ones that do the work, you see. Yeah, there you go. The, back, the backbone, right? <laughs> I did say that. I did say that. It's like, yeah. So tell me, um, what is the best advice that you have had that's... I'll stick with you, Emma, that, well, that's stuck with you during your journey? What's some advice that you were given that's really made an impact on you? I'll try not to get emotional because I, I do. Mm. I'm known as a nice maiden, but I'm a big softy. Um, I always say this one. It was um, when I first met Saluni Manon, the first woman of coffee in India and Asia. Mm. And we were at a cupping in Australia, a lot of males. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I was uncomfortable and she just said a few kind words to me and she was like, just trust yourself, mm. trust, in you, trust in your ability, don't listen to anyone else. Mm. And 
It doesn't take many words said well, said with compassion, mm-hmm. said to actually charge somebody up. And I'll never forget those words. And then she asked me what I could taste in the cup and I nailed it. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And, um, and how about you, Natalie? This is a tough question. I don't recall anyone giving me any sound good advice. People give mm. unsolicited advice sometimes or... <laughs> well, that also can have a, a, a good impact, right? No, it just, it just makes annoys you run me. in the other direction. <laughs> I think I've just followed my own instinct and my own gut through throughout my life on, you know, what I need to do to get me where I want to be. I've never been a, in a great rush. I don't know. My dad used to say this weird thing, and I don't know if it really means much, but maybe it stuck with me. He used to say, slowly, slowly catch the monkey. Mm. as just go go about your business there's no rush just do it in your own pace in your own time and eventually you'll you'll get there so maybe that was the advice I don't mm. know the only one that I listened to yeah well you remember it so I it do. must have uh, gone in there somewhere <laughs> yeah and I love that with you know with with that but with the other things that you've both said t- today as well it sounds like it, you know it, it really is that personal reason that personal why that's really given you the drive fed by other external factors be them good be them bad Um, but I think it's just a nice reminder that we can we can actually do anything that we want and overcome anything we want but starting with ourselves trusting ourselves like um, Emma was was told to do really will then allow us to break massive barriers like you both have would you agree I think when somebody says you can't do something that drives me to do something more. And I think having a really strong kind of support system, whether it's just one or two humans that you go to for advice and as a soundboard is really important. But for me, it's making sure that my door's open to other people. If no matter, no question's a dumb question unless it is a dumb question. (laughs) So who who are your people then, Emma? Do you have specific mentors or are they more kind of personal peers or family members that you go to? I've got a wide group of people. Mm. I've got like this, when I first went overseas in 2002, um, I met this weird eclectic group of coffee professionals and they've become my family. I've pretty much travelled every, I've travelled to every World Barista Championship apart from when we were locked out of our country wow. in 2021, I think I couldn't go. Um, but yeah, this ragtag group of coffee professionals around the world are my family. Mm. And yeah, just these weird connections that you have with people for a very short period of time. They're, they're like best friends. But yeah, it's, it's a very, very unique whether you find it in different industries or not. Yeah, and that's great, you know, like you get to meet people you never would have, but you've all got one common, at least one common interest, right, that brings you together. That's fabulous. How about you, Natalie? Have you got anyone specific or any specific people that would mentor you or or give you inspiration to to do what you do? Um, I think in my journey, there's definitely been inspirational people. I haven't sort of like gone into any kind of a mentorship relationship with anyone, but having a couple of bosses in the past that believed in me even when I didn't think I was that great Mm -hmm. that was inspiring because having encouragement from people who 
are further up the ladder than you and have got more mm. experience in life than you or business. And having them say, like, you're doing a great job, you just need to keep doing this. For me, that's that's inspirational and, and has helped with probably a lot of self-doubt in the past mm. is just hearing like, hey, well done, you, you know, you're, you're awesome, you're doing a great job. It's like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, you are. So that, for me, that's inspirational. Yeah, that's lovely. And so actually on that, if you were to uh, give some words of advice to your younger self, what would you say? Oh, wow. I, I, I guess if I, if I have to reflect on myself, my younger self, I always sort of take it back to my daughter's age and she's just turned 18. And I think who I was at that age and how I was filled with self-doubt it would be believe in yourself because you're going to go places. You just don't know it yet. Mm. And I think as you know, if you're a parent, if you're a mom or a dad or whatever, if you do have young people, it's so important to encourage them and instill a sense of self-belief in them because I think these days there is a lot, still a lot of self-doubt in young people. Mm-hmm. But if only they could see themselves through our eyes or or have some indication of what the future looked like they probably Mm. would be surprised at how far they're going to go they just don't know it yet and how much easier and enjoyable it would be as well right yeah (laughs) just don't be afraid just go out there do your thing be yourself give it your best shot and you will get there eventually wherever there is yeah I love that yeah how about you Emma what would you say to little Emma back in the day Little Emma, I'd say you're on the spectrum, girl, but most people are. We've all, we've, we've all got our special needs. I would just say go large or go home. Mm. And that's always been something that's kind of been within me, but I feel what you're saying, Natalie, about, you know, self-doubt. I think so many strong females that I know underneath it all are saying, I've got no idea what I'm doing. Mm. And... I think like none of us do really. No. We're just faking it till we make it. And <laughs> just go large and enjoy the ride. Yeah. And have fun. Thank you. That's my MO in life. That that's our our expose here, guys. <laughs> Fake it till you make it and have fun. Um and has there been a time, Emma, when you've really needed to to draw on that throughout your your journey in the industry? Oh, pretty much daily. Mm. I go high and low and all over the place. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think you've just got to always just go back to, there's only so much you can do. I'm mm. trying to do too many things at once mm-hmm. many times. It's like, whoa, breaks on, but don't, don't take your foot off the pallet pedal, mm. feel the fear and do it all the same. Do it anyway. You know, do it anyway. You'll come out stronger. You might hate it in the middle, but you'll come out stronger. And I think it's important for for us all to remember that we're way more resilient and, and we're way stronger than we give ourselves credit for, right? Like you said, Emma, just mm. do it. Feel the fear and do it. And we get through some some crazy things, don't us, <laughs> us ladies. So I, I love that. It's just dive in and reap the benefits or the learnings, depending on what is required at that time, right? And, you know, what have you got to lose? Mm. You know, what have you got to lose? Yeah. If you're asking, you're asking something of somebody, they're only going to say yes or no. Mm. You know, it's like, or maybe. Mm. Oh, 
that must have been two of those things are better than the other yeah absolutely <laughs> that must have been something you learned I suppose Natalie going into sales having never done it before they're either going to say yes no or maybe but either way exactly. I'm never going to know unless I ask right and, and don't take it personally as well yeah I say no because it's not about you it's just <laughs> they weren't ready yeah and and have you had a particular moment where you have really had to draw on this belief or where you felt particularly kind of out of your comfort zone. I know we've mentioned the sales thing, but anything else that comes to mind that you've really managed to jump in and feel the fear and do it anyway? Um, yeah, lots of things. <laughs> I, I, like even in, in personal life, you know, getting divorced, ooh, mm. that's a big decision. Mm. And you say, feel the fear and do it anyway. So yeah, for me, that, that was huge. Changing your, your personal circumstances in a place that's not your country of birth where you don't have your family to support you, that takes mm. courage. And I can look back and go like, hey, that was, that was pretty, pretty strong of you. And, you know, got, mm. got through the whole thing. Yeah, like the, the sales thing as well. Um, lots of courage required there, especially when it's something that, that you're thrown into. You're not sure what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to say. You just work it out as you go and eventually mm. you find your own groove and what works for you. So, yeah, that, that took a lot of courage. It's courage every day. It's courage in, mm. it's courage in being a parent. It's courage in, you know, having responsibility at work. Everything, everything we do mm. takes courage. Mm. And, I, and I love that about both of you, actually. You know, in, in your individual journeys, you've both had to draw on a lot of courage you've both pioneered things in different ways and you know had to figure things out by yourself because maybe you didn't have people there to show you what to do so you're both a, an amazing testament to exactly that jump in figure it out as you go take each step as you go make sure you've got a nice cup of coffee by your side and good people as well I think that's what um you know I'm getting from both of you you as well. And so uh, to, to wrap up, I'd just love to know, um, you know, if there is someone out there listening who is coming into the industry or is in the industry and is experiencing that self-doubt, what would you, what would you say to them? Um, okay, I would say find your tribe, find like-minded people, you know, get out there, go to events, meet people in the industry and find your inspiration and draw your courage from them. Look at other people's journeys, see how far they've come and know that you can do it too. And there's mm. a lot of support in the coffee community. Um, mm, if great. you if you step into, you know, any kind of event or environment that's got coffee people in it, they're very welcoming and very embracing and very, you know, accepting of people wanting to learn more. And, and I think mm. they take a, a lot of pleasure in, in bringing more people into the fold. It's, it's a great community. It's amazing. Mm, and, um, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. How about you, Emma? Well, you stole my word. I wrote it down <laughs> especially. <laughs> I was like, find your tribe. Um, you usually know your tribe, but find your tribe. And ultimately, like, a lot of it is about honesty and relationships and find, like, being honest in, like, sales and listen, actively listening, I think is critical. And sometimes I think even though we're all in one body, thinking about others as opposed to ourselves mm. actually helps us grow as humans as well, having empathy towards others and not just me, me, me. Yep. It's not just all about our LinkedIn profiles as 
as such. <laughs> yeah. yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn's getting a hard time in my, my office at the moment. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is about relationships. And mm. like Natalie said, the coffee industry, we're an odd group, but we're always willing to help and excited. I'm always excited about others. It's not about me. It's about bringing other people up. And that's been the last probably... 10, 15 years of my life with the with the um, New Zealand Special Coffee Association and with World Coffee Events. It's mm. building these resources and tools and helping others. And ultimately, Fantastic. these baristas are leading the forefront of our industry. That they're, they're telling us with. We're judging them, but they're teaching us. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Mutually beneficial. And actually, it's a it's a nice testament to um, the theme of International Women's Day this year, which is Embrace Equity, which is all about understanding people as individuals and then helping them with whatever they need to, to bring them up. So everything that you've just said is, excuse the pun if it's a pun, embracing that. <laughs> so thank you. That's excellent. Excellent advice for any industry, I think. But um Anyway, we're going to have to to call it a day there, ladies. I could chat to you all day, but, you know, unfortunately, all things, good things do have to come to an end. Uh, So thank you very, very much for joining us. I know there's so much in there um, that people can take away and apply in their own lives for a bit of inspiration to keep the drive going for themselves. Don't worry, everyone out there. We have got you covered with more weekly drops for International Women's Day through this podcast, and that will be dropping once a week through March. So do make sure that you hit that subscribe button and join us for some more inspiring conversations with women in the industry. And I'd also like to just say thank you again to the Alternative Dairy Co. for making this happen. The Alternative has partnered with hospitality relief charity Tipjar, and that means that they'll be providing hospitality training courses to the underprivileged. So if you are feeling generous and you wish to donate to a good cause, you can head to tipjarfund.org. And if you're looking for even more fun, be sure to follow The Alternative Dairy Co. on Instagram. So thank you so much again to Natalie and to Emma. We really appreciate your time and keep doing what you're doing and leading the way, ladies. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Emma. On the next episode of The Local Way, get ready to hang out with two total legends, Caterina Paola, Territory Development Manager from The Alternative, and Melita Ferraro, Senior Manager for Food and Beverage Development and Capability at the Star Entertainment Group. These ladies will be chatting on how they got started in the industry and letting us in on what they love most about it. Katerina and Melita are bringing their A-game and serving up some serious inspo. We're talking about the importance of lifting each other up, creating space to grow, and witnessing people grow in the industry through training. Let me tell you, the love for the hospitality industry can be felt all throughout this episode.